long ago in a land not so far away. As a matter of fact, our recent past, even as long as 60 to 75 years ago, people would gather at Christmas time to tell ghost stories. Not always having the entertainment that we have to take advantage of today, it was a blessed time to get together with family. But why this time of year when so much of the paranormal seems more suited for Halloween in October? We forget that this time of year is also powerful. It's believed that during this time of year, the veil is at its thinnest. And this is when our loved ones can traverse through and see us. And that they can hear the echoes of our love and laughter through the veil of space and time. So speaking of ghosts and odd, scary things was a way to keep one entertained. So tonight I present to you my holiday gift to all of my darklings around the world. Yes, tonight is live and we know that words is hard. So bear with me as we dive deep into the strange and supernatural on a special Christmas edition of the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural. Perhaps... Maloney, perhaps not. This evening's show can't just begin on a normal tone. This last Thursday, December 21st, 2023, the world lost a bright, shining example of a real broadcaster. My dear friend and fellow colleague and broadcaster, fellow host of Coast to Coast AM, Eat Punnett slipped away into the eternal night. And I know that although physically he's gone, spiritually he'll be here. Ian was an integral part of the last 12, 14 years of my life. He has been nothing more than a kind friend, a mentor, someone to bounce ideas off of and help me through some very hard times. Anytime I needed him, I knew I could call. And a few months ago, he called me, telling me that he wasn't having the best of health, but he was staying eternally optimistic. But he just wanted to know, or wanted to tell me how proud he was of me and the opportunities that I'd taken and working on Coast to Coast for five years when he had to step down due to tinnitus. And he stepped away and went back to school and was doing so much amazing work. And when I stepped away, he picked back up the mantle and continued on as a weekend host on Coast to Coast AM until his recent passing. He was also very instrumental in helping me to take over and be a fill-in host on WCCO, 830 News Talk Radio here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, a legendary radio station. And he helped open that door and usher me through. For that, I'm eternal grateful. Ian, thank you for your friendship, for your camaraderie, your kind words, and your enthusiasm. You were more than just a broadcaster. You were my friend. This show is dedicated to the memory of Ian Punnett. 
All right, my darklings, it is a live night, not just because I popped this up and it says Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader live, but because it is live. We will scroll some of your messages across the board if you like the stories that you're hearing or have comments, or perhaps you even want to support the show by showing a little love with the super stickers and super likes and super loves and super thumbs and whatever super things that they offer on the live streaming portion of the show on YouTube. And uh, I know Winnie will be running those comments through the live program as I'm going to be focused on these stories. I really wanted to do something different, something fun. So I started seeking old ghost stories, creepy old tales. And I was really highly disappointed. A lot of the old Victorian ghost stories were not very creepy, not even necessarily that well-written. So I wanted to try to find something new for you, and I did that. I worked diligently to try to help craft, along with a dear friend, some strange stories to share with you tonight. So these are guaranteed to be brand new tales that have never before been heard, and hopefully you'll enjoy them. So turn down the lights and nestle up close to the fireplace. Turn up the volume. And if you're driving in the car, don't start a fire in the back seat and, you know, try to follow along. Just enjoy tonight's program. Let us begin, shall we? It was a dark and dauntingly quiet Christmas Eve, and the moon cast an eerie glow upon the desolate landscape. The air was thick with an unnatural chill, and the only sound that dared disturb the silence was the distant howl of a mournful wind. The Osgood family, a once joyous clan, now found themselves ensnared in a web of supernatural terror. The Osgood homestead, nestled in the heart of a dense forest, bore witness to a tragedy that had haunted its halls for centuries. As the clock struck midnight, the walls of the ancient manor seemed to moan in agony, and the flickering candlelight cast unsettling shadows that danced upon the worn floorboards. The patriarch of the family, Ichabod Osgood, was a man of wealth and standing in the community. However, his insatiable greed had led him to acquire the estate under dubious circumstances, and the spirits of those who had perished in the shadow of his avarice, they now sought revenge. And on this fateful Christmas Eve, the Osgood family huddled together in the dimly lit parlor their eyes darting nervously from one ominous corner to the other. The air was thick with an otherworldly presence, and their breath it hung in the frigid atmosphere like a spectral mist. Ichabod's wife Abigail clutched their trembling children, Timothy and Eleanor, as a haunting melody emanated from the grand piano in the corner. The keys moved with a spectral grace untouched by mortal hands. The ghostly apparitions of the long-lost victims materialized, swirling around the room like ethereal wraiths. Desperation etched across their faces. The Osgood family sought salvation from the only force that could vanquish the malevolent spirits, Santa Claus himself. Legend had it that Santa, the eternal harbinger of joy, held the power to cleanse even the darkest of souls. Ichabod, his voice quivering, uttered a plea into the void. Oh, Saint Nicholas, bringer of gifts and hope, hear our cry. 
We are entwined in the chains of our past deeds. Grant us reprieve from these tormented spirits that haunt our every step. The room fell into an oppressive silence, broken only by the distant howls of the wind. Suddenly, the temperature plummeted, and the flames in the hearth flickered wildly. A shadowy figure emerged from the chimney, clad in a tattered red coat and a hat that concealed his face in the shadow. Ye who seek redemption on this cursed night, Santa Claus hears your plight, rasped the spectral figure. His voice, though soft, carried the weight of ages and the burden of countless lost souls. Santa Claus, with eyes that gleamed like twin orbs of frosty moonlight, extended a skeletal hand towards the quivering family. The ghostly spirits recoiled at his presence, their wails echoing through the chamber. In a hushed whisper, Santa intoned an incantation that resonated with the ancient magic of Christmas. The ethereal chains that bound the Osgood family rattled and clinked, gradually dissipating into the cold, frosty air. The ghostly apparitions, their faces etched with sorrow and regret, dissipated like morning mist beneath the gaze of the rising sun. The Osgood family, now freed from the spectral torment, fell to their knees in gratitude. Santa Claus, his shadowy form slowly receding, left the room with a parting admonition. Remember this night, for the spirits of Christmas are both benevolent and vengeful. Choose your path wisely, lest you find yourselves once more entangled in the chains of your own making. As dawn broke and the first light of Christmas morning illuminated the Osgood estate, the family emerged from the parlor forever changed by the spectral encounter. The echoes of that haunting Christmas Eve lingered, a cautionary tale for generations to come. A reminder that even in the darkest corners of the human heart, the spirit of redemption could prevail, guided by the enigmatic figure known as Santa Claus, the eternal guardian of the Christmas magic. December had fallen upon the land, and there is no doubt whatsoever about that. A day of reckoning soon approached. This must be distinctly understood, or no lessons of character will be learned from the story that I am going to relate. You will therefore permit me to repeat empathetically, a day of reckoning soon approached. Now, I, I will tell you that I, I knew that dreaded day would soon dawn. I, myself, had borne witness to the aftermath of this day for many years. Sadly, I'm here to report that this year... Like every year before it and every year after, would be no different. Edwin Grimsby, who was as foul mouthed and belligerent a boy as ever, walked the earth, stalked the streets like a feral dog. The winter's night, with a cold wind, began to blow, and the air became thick with a sense of foreboding. As Grimsby trudged through the dark and narrow streets of London, he felt a chill in his bones that had nothing to do with the winter cold. He was on his way to his gloomy chambers when suddenly the atmosphere changed. The air, it grew so much colder. 
and the familiar soundings twisted into a nightmarish landscape. Before him stood a ghastly figure, tall and cloaked in the shadows with long gnarled fingers and horns that protruded from its monstrous head. It was a creature, a nightmare given form. Grimsby recoiled in horror, for he knew that this creature was no mere figment of his imagination, but a harbinger of doom for the wicked. Edwin Grimsby hissed the creature, its voice a chilling whisper that echoed through the desolate streets. You have scorned kindness and spread misery and despair to the children and adults of this town alike. And tonight you will pay the price. With that, the creature extended its twisted hand and the ground beneath Grimsby opened, revealing a pit of writhing, tormented souls. Grimsby grasped as he glimpsed the faces of those he had wronged in life, children he had teased, rules he had spurned, and the parents he had disrespected so often. Repent, Grimsby, or suffer an eternity in the company of the shadows, warned the creature, its eyes glowing with malevolence. Terrified, Grimsby fell to his knees, pleading for mercy. The creature, however, showed no compassion, just as Grimsby had denied mercy to those he had tormented. It dragged Grimsby through a nightmarish journey, where monstrous spirits and grotesque creatures tormented him with visions of the past year. Each scene depicted the consequences of his avarice and cruelty to those he had encountered in his past. As the night wore on, Grimsby begged for forgiveness, promising to change his ways and embrace a life of kindness and generosity. The creature, unmoved by pleas, slowly released its grip on Grimsby allowing him to awaken in his own bed, drenched in sweat. Edwin Grimsby awoke with a newfound understanding of the weight of his actions. Overwhelmed with gratitude for a second chance, he leaped from his bed, determined to try and live a life of generosity and kindness. But the sense of redemption came entirely too late. As the once terrifying night began to embrace and envelop Edwin Grimsby yet again, and as he felt the icy grip of Krampus' clawed hand on his shoulder once more, he felt the beast's hot breath on his neck and ear as it snarled. Did you really think it would be that easy, boy? And the silence of the moment was shattered by a deep, boisterous laugh that filled the air. In the boy's ear at that moment, when Grimsby began to understand that he would forever be damned, reliving the moments of every person, old and young, that he had ever hurt, and not until the true depths of his sins had been realized and experienced would he be free from this torment. Within that moment, the realization of great regret the boy felt tore through his very soul as he cursed his fate. Soon thereafter, the creature of justice, Krampus, along with the screaming boy, vanished into a black, smoky cloud of darkness. 
but not before Grimsby glanced to the window to see through the frosted window pane that St. Nicholas stood silent witness to these events as he shook his head in disappointment and turned his back on the boy and strode into the night to complete his assigned tasks. I would grow to miss my brother Edwin, but never forget the lesson he imparted on me that night so many years ago. Somewhere, there, deep in the shadows, the creature Krampus lingers, a reminder of the consequences of one's choices and corrupt actions that will be judged harshly, and justice of unimaginable terror would befall any who forget the lesson of not making amends for one's past misdeeds. How have you spent your last year? Thank you very much. And if you are just joining us here on the Paranormal 60, it is a live Christmas Day Eve edition of the show. We're sharing creepy holiday-centric stories. And I hope you're enjoying these. These are brand new. They've never been heard by human ears. Just five cats and a dog that were all randomly bored, but I think only because they just wanted snack food. We've got more stories to share, and I see all of the love and support that's pouring through as I'm reading this as it pops up on the screen. So thank you for all the remarkable donations and signs of support for the program that we bring you every year. So thank you, and Merry Christmas to all. Let us continue. Story number three. It was a cold and silent Christmas Eve in the small, secluded town of Ravenswood. The streets were adorned with twinkling lights and the scent of pine lingered in the crisp air. The townspeople were gathered in their homes, nestled by the fire, sharing laughter and holiday cheer. Little did they know that something eerie awaited them on the silent night. In an old, dilapidated mansion at the edge of town, the Peterson family had recently moved in. Excitement filled the air as they prepared to celebrate their first Christmas in their new home. The mansion, however, bore a dark history that the locals whispered about in hushed tones. As the clock struck midnight, the wind outside howled like distant cries and the snow began to fall even heavier. The Petersons were awakened by a soft, haunting melody echoing through the empty halls. Curiosity and unease mingled as they followed the ethereal sound leading them to the grand ballroom. There, in the dim light of the flickering candles, they saw a ghostly figure dressed in tattered Victoria-era clothing. The ghost, with hollow eyes and a mournful expression, beckoned them closer. Fear clung to the air as the family approached, frozen in both fascination and pure terror. The ghost spoke in a whisper, recounting a tragic tale of love and betrayal that unfolded within those very walls so many years ago. It spoke of a forbidden romance, a broken heart, and a soul doomed to wander the mansion for all eternity. The chilling tale sent shivers down the spines of the Petersons as they listened in horror. Suddenly, the temperature in the room began to plummet, and the ghostly figure vanished, leaving the family in a cold and foreboding silence. The once warm and inviting mansion now felt like a tomb of secrets and sorrow. 
desperate to escape the haunting presence, the Petersons fled the mansion, leaving their Christmas decorations behind. The townspeople, unaware of the supernatural events that unfolded, continued their festivities, oblivious to the ghostly tale that now lingered within the walls of Ravenswood. Years passed, and the mansion remained abandoned, a spectral reminder of that fateful Christmas Eve. Some say that on silent winter nights, you can still hear the haunting melody and catch the fleeting glimpses of the ghostly figure wandering the halls, forever trapped in a tragic tale of love and loss. And so, the legend of the Christmas ghost of Ravenswood persisted, casting a shadow over the holiday festivities in the quaint town for years to come. Story number four. In the small town of Evergreen Hollow, where the snow fell thick and the air was filled with the scent of pine, Christmas was a time of great joy and celebration. But this, this particular year, a sinister shadow lurked beneath the festive decorations and the twinkling lights. As the townspeople gathered around the town square to light the grand Christmas tree, a chill crept through the air that had nothing to do with the winter cold. Unbeknownst to them, an ancient curse had awakened, and a malevolent creatures began to emerge from the depths of the nearby woods. On the eve of Christmas, when the moon hung low and the night was still, the townspeople began to hear strange noises outside their homes. The soft jingling of bells echoed in the distance, followed by eerie whispers that sent shivers down their spine. The first victim was Mr. Thompson, the kindly old man who had lived alone in a creaky Victorian house at the edge of town. As the clock struck midnight, his home was enveloped in an otherworldly fog. Strange how clawed hands emerged from the mist, dragging him into the darkness. The townspeople were oblivious to the horrors unfolding around them until they woke on Christmas morning to find their homes adorned with blood-red ribbons and gruesome ornaments made from bones. The once festive wreaths now dipped with an ominous, bloody mess. Desperation and fear spread like wildfire as the townspeople barricaded themselves indoors. The once jovial carolers had gone silent, replaced by the haunting echoes of distant wails. The monstrous creatures, grotesque and distorted versions of holiday mascots, roamed the streets hunting for their next victim. Children huddled in their beds, afraid to open their presents for fear of finding something more sinister than toys and candy. Parents clutched their loved ones close, wondering if the monsters would come for them next. In the town square where the grand Christmas tree once stood, a grotesque creature with antlers and fangs took residence. Its eyes glowed a malevolent red as it fed on the fear and despair of the good townspeople. The once cheerful holiday had transformed into a nightmarish hellscape, and the townspeople were left with a chilling choice to fight back against the unholy forces that had invaded their Christmas or succumb 
to the darkness that threatened to consume Evergreen Hollow. As the night wore on, the echoes of screams mingled with the howling wind, creating a symphony of terror that would forever be etched into the history of Evergreen Hollow as the Christmas when the monsters came to torment an unsuspecting town. And now, on dark nights, as Christmas approaches, people will turn off their lights, not their blinds, and lock their doors, all in a desperate hope to avoid another visitation from the beasts of Christmas Eve. Story number five. On the eve of December 13th, as this clock struck midnight, a chilling wind swept through the town, carrying with it an ominous presence. The first ghostly specter emerged, the ghost of forgotten toys. With hollow eyes and ethereal chains of abandoned playthings, it wandered the streets, its mournful wails echoing throughout the silent night. As the second day approached, the ghost of wilted wreaths materialized, draped in tattered holly and mistletoe. Its mournful gaze withered the festive decorations, leaving behind a trail of death and decay. The townspeople awoke to find their once vibrant wreaths now wilted and lifeless. On the third night, the phantom of frozen carolers manifested. Its haunting melody pierced the air as it led a spectral choir singing eerie renditions of Christmas carols. The chilling tunes sent shivers down spines and frosted the windows of every home. By the fourth day, the ghost of abandoned stockings appeared. It floated through homes, filling once jolly stockings with a sense of melancholy, coal, and broken sticks. Children woke to find gifts that they had long forgotten, reminders of unfulfilled promises and broken dreams scattered and crammed in. As the days progressed, the ghosts of shadowed presence, the apparition of Christmas past, the spirit of muted bells, and the phantom of snowless winter all made their presence known. Each brought a layer of darkness to the festive season, leaving the town enveloped in an eerie, haunting atmosphere. On the eighth night, the ghost of glistening ornaments emerged, adorned in shattered baubles and twinkling lights. It shattered the festive decorations, casting a foreboding glow that painted the town in an otherworldly light. The penultimate apparition, the specter of midnight feast, arrived on the eleventh night. It feasted on the memories of joyous Christmas dinners, leaving behind only emptiness that lingered in the air, and cabinets that no longer had food and were left bare. Finally, on Christmas Eve, the phantom of vanished joy appeared, cloaked in the shadows of lost happiness. It stared mournfully at the town, the weight of its spectral gaze heavy on the hearts of the inhabitants. As the clock struck midnight on Christmas Day, a faint glimmer of hope began to pierce through the darkness. The ghosts of Christmas future, a collective embodiment of the twelve apparitions, materialized with a somber nod, they dissipated into the night, leaving the town with a haunting yet transformative experience. 
The townspeople awoke on Christmas morning with a newfound appreciation for the festive season. The apparitions had served as reminders of the importance of love, compassion, and the true spirit of Christmas. From that day forth, the town embraced the holiday with a deeper understanding of the joy that comes from the heart, rather than the material trappings that had once consumed them. Hello and welcome again, folks. It is Christmas Day Eve, the night of the day of Christmas celebrations, and I'm here live with you. I wanted to come in, and again, I'm seeing all the wonderful comments that Winnie's popping up on the screen, and again, thank you for all of the generous donations. You guys are knocking me out with how many beautiful donations and kind words you're sharing on tonight's program. I'm so glad you're here with me being a part of the show. I wasn't sure how it would go on a Christmas Eve, but you've proven again. Your love of the strange and the macabre far outweighs the normalcy of most days. We've got more stories to share, and we will do that. But stay tuned. We've got more to discuss right after this. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month, When you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, passing those sweet, sweet savings directly to you, my darklings. It has been such a good change for me. I've saved so much money in switching over to Mint Mobile With all of my family and so many people bleeding me drive, I was so happy to find some relief. And Mint Mobile has been that relief valve. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. So say bye-bye to overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages, and say hello to relief. Thank you, Mint Mobile, to get this new customer offer. And your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash p60. That's mintmobile.com slash p60. Cut your wireless bills to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash p60. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, my friends, let's get back to it. We've got a lot more stories to cover and not much time. Let us begin with story number six. In the heart of the Italian village, where the narrow cobblestone streets wound like a labyrinth, the legend of La Bifana loomed large. As the sun dipped below the horizon on each Christmas Eve, an ominous hush settled over the town. The villagers shuttered their windows and clung to the warmth of their hearths, fearful of the impending presence that would soon wander through their midst. Generations had passed since the transformation of Labafana into the Christmas witch, and her vengeful spirit continued to cast a shadow over the village. Whispers of her malevolence spread through the generations, and parents warned their children to behave, reminding them that the old crone's wrath spared none who dared to cross her. In the winter of a particularly harsh year, a group of audacious teenagers decided to defy the warnings and mock the legend of La Bafana. Driven by a misplaced sense of bravado, they gathered in the abandoned square. 
the chill of the wind carrying their nervous laughter through the silent night. But unbeknownst to the scoffing group, an ancient spell had been cast upon the village, one that ensured Labafana's presence would be felt by those who dared disrespect her. As the clock struck midnight, the temperature plummeted, and an unnatural fog enveloped the village, thick and suffocating. The laughter of the teenagers turned to uneasy murmurs as the shadows within the fog seemed to come alive. A soft, haunting voice emerged from the mist. You dare, Maklahabafana? The words echoed through the deserted square, freezing the blood in their veins. Suddenly, the fog parted, revealing the haggard form of Labafana herself. Her eyes glowed with an otherworldly intensity as she fixed her gaze upon the terrified group. For your insolence, she hissed, you shall face the consequences that darkness begets. With a wave of her gnarled hand, the mischievous youngsters were surrounded by an ethereal glow. The air crackled with energy as the villagers watched in horror. In an instant, the teenagers vanished, leaving only the echo of their screams behind. The village plunged into an even darker silence, the oppressive fog lingering as a constant reminder of the curse that befell those who crossed Labafana. The once vibrant streets now echoed only with the distant cries of the wind and a perpetual chill that settled over the village like a shroud. The legend of that fateful night spread far beyond the village, and neighboring towns spoke of the harrowing tale with trepidation. The memory of the vanished teenagers served as a chilling warning for generations to come, etching Labafana's name deeper into the folklore of the region. To this day on Christmas Eve, the villagers leave small offerings at their doorsteps, hoping to appease the vengeful spirit that still roams their streets. And as the fog rolls in, they can't help but glance over their shoulders, half expecting to see the crooked figure of the menacing Labafana forever haunted by the consequences of that one deadly Christmas night. Huh? I told you, some different stories. Labafana, we've got some Krampus, we've got some weird stuff happening, a bony skeletal hand of Santa fending off evil. That's just the start. We still have more stories to go. So why are we waiting? On to story number seven. In the heart of London, where the ancient streets echoed with the tales of Dickensian Christmases, a chilling darkness shrouded the festive season. As the city adorned itself with twinkling lights, an ominous force stirred the force and vengeful spirit of Ebenezer Scrooge. Haunted by the chains of his avarice past, Scrooge's ghost materialized with a malevolence that froze the blood of those unfortunate enough to cross his spectral path. His chains rattled with an eerie resonance as he roamed the desolate streets, sowing seeds of misery in the name of the holidays. Amidst the seasonal hustle and bustle, Kris Kringle, the plump and rosy-cheeked Santa Claus, sensed an unsettling disturbance in the Christmas magic of the night. The air thickened with tension as Santa recognized that the spirit of Scrooge threatened to eclipse the festive cheer with a darkness 
that could not be ignored or waved away. One by one, the joyous carolers vanished from the cobbled streets, their harmonious melodies replaced by the haunting jingle of Scrooge's spectral chains. The once glowing storefronts now emitted an eerie glow, casting long shadows that danced with malevolence. Santa, adorned in his crimson suit, trimmed with white fur, embarked on a treacherous journey through the wintry night. His sleigh, usually drawn by jubilant reindeer, now creaked under the weight of an unsettling unease. The sleigh bells jingled with a disconcerting melody as they echoed through the frosty air. Approaching the heart of London, Santa confronted the ghastly specter of Scrooge. The ghostly figure sneered, his hollow eyes gleaming with malevolent intent. A bitter wind howled through the narrow streets, carrying the whispers of regret and lost opportunities. In a spine-chilling confrontation between the embodiment of holiday mirth and the harbinger of bitterness, Santa and Scrooge clashed in a battle that transcended the boundaries of the festive season. The historic city became a battleground of twisted wreaths and fractured ornaments as the two entities fought for the soul of London itself. In the final decisive moment, Santa summoned the purest essence of Christmas magic, and with a twinkle in his eye and a hearty laugh, ho, 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 he extended a hand to Scrooge. The chains that bound the ghostly miser began, they began to loosen, and a faint glow of warmth replaced the malevolence in Scrooge's eyes. However, as Santa's warmth enveloped Scrooge, an otherworldly howl echoed through the chilling winds. And in a sudden, harrowing twist, the ground beneath Scrooge cracked open and a dark abyss consumed him. Santa's eyes widened as the malevolent spirit of Scrooge was banished to the netherworld, disappearing into the darkest depths of despair. As Santa stood alone in the desolate streets, he realized the gravity of the situation. The spirit of Scrooge would return only if Christmas cheer vanished and the kindness of the season would be forgotten. The once festive lights now flickered with a dim glow, casting long, ominous, foreboding shadows. The tale of Yuletide shadows ended with a foreboding uncertainty, leaving London haunted by the spectral absence of Scrooge and the ominous reminder that the spirit of Christmas must be safeguarded, or the malevolence would return to cast the city into eternal darkness. All right, let's mix it up here a little bit. Let's let's have some fun with another strange kind of holiday poem, if you will. Bear with me. I don't know how good my rhyming skills are. We're about to find out as we go into this. "'Twas the night before Christmas, not a sound to be heard, except for the aliens, a threat undisturbed. They came from the cosmos with a sinister plan to take over the world the dominion of man. Krampus and Belschnickel with chains and with switches prepared for a battle, so they called forth the witches. Labafana on her broom with a cackle and caw wielded her magic, a power without flaw. The Yule cat prowled, her gleaming eyes gleaming like fire, ready to strike the invaders with ire. And the Yule lads, mischievous and sly, crafted plans as they waited patiently on standby. 
The invaders descended with an otherworldly glow. The wicked green beings could not conceive what waited for them below. Krampus snarled and Belschnickel cracked his whip. Labafana's spells caused the invaders to slip. The Yule Cat pounced with his razor-sharp nails. The Yule Lads rained down like icy cold hail. Together they fought this oddball brigade against aliens whose plans were beginning to fade. Ice turned to slush and the invaders were dismayed. Christmas defenders held the world unbetrayed. As dawn broke on Christmas, the threat disappeared. The Guardians triumphant, and together they cheered. So every Christmas Eve, their watch they renew, guardians of joy in skies clear and blue. For if aliens return with mischief and glee, defenders of Christmas will make them all flee. Huh? How do you like that? I don't think I did too bad. Words is hard. A little stumbling going through all this live stuff here, but I hope you're enjoying the stories and having a good time with us. So thank you for joining me today uh, to celebrate the holidays have some fun. Let's get to our next story, shall we? Let us begin story number nine. Number nine? Number nine? Once in a small welcoming village nestled deep within the snowy woods, there was a family that lived on the outskirts. The Winter family was known for their holiday spirit, and every Christmas Eve, they would gather around the fireplace to exchange gifts and share stories. On this particular Christmas Eve, a thick blanket of snow covered the village, creating a serene and magical atmosphere. The Winter family decided to do something different that year. Legend had it that there was an enchanted trail that led to a hidden grove where the spirit of Christmas was said to be at its strongest. The trail was known to appear only on Christmas Eve, and it was said that following it would lead to extraordinary wonders. Excitement filled the winter household as they bundled up in their warmest clothes and set out into the woods. The snow crunched beneath their boots as they followed the trail of twinkling lights and small gifts that seemed to appear magically, dotting the path in front of them. As they ventured deeper into the woods, the air, it grew colder, and the sounds of the village, it faded away. The only sound that remained was the crunching of the snow beneath their feet and the occasional jingle of bells hanging from the trees. The forest became eerily silent, and an unsettling feeling settled over the family. Despite the growing unease, the Winter family pressed on, unable to resist the allure of the mysterious trail. The children clutched their presents tightly, their breath visible in the frosty air. The parents exchanged nervous glances, but reassured each other that they were all on a magical journey. Suddenly, the trail of gifts stopped and the twinkling lights disappeared into darkness ahead. The family found themselves in a clearing surrounded by ancient towering pines, and in the center of the clearing stood an old, dilapidated toy shop covered in a layer of frost. The wind whispered through the branches and the air grew colder still. As the family approached the eerie toy shop, they noticed a faint glow emanating from within. The creaking sound of the door echoed through the silent woods as they cautiously entered. Inside, the shelves were stocked with old-fashioned toys, and the air was thick with an otherworldly presence. The family exchanged uneasy glances again as they explored the shop, but their attention was drawn to a staircase that led them to a dimly lit basement. And against their better judgment, they descended into the 
great unknown. The basement was filled with antique toys, and a haunting melody played softly in the background. As the family moved further into the dimly lit space, the air began to grow colder, bitter, almost biting their skin, and the toys seemed to come to life, their eyes following the intruders. Suddenly, the door slammed shut behind them, trapping the winter family in the eerie basement. The once faint melody, it grew louder, filling the air with an ominous tune. The family huddled together, their breath visible in the freezing air as the toys around them began to move. Whispers echoed through the basement as the family realized they were not alone. The spirits of Christmases long past manifested in the toys, their eyes glowing with an otherworldly light. The toys circled the family, and once magical atmosphere now felt suffocating and, and menacing. The last thing anyone heard was the haunting melody reaching a crescendo as the basement engulfed the winter family in darkness. That Christmas Eve forward, the trail of presents and the enchanted toy shop disappeared, leaving behind only a chilling legend in the village. To this day, the Winter family is remembered as the family that followed the trail of presents into the heart of the haunted woods, never to return, their fate forever entwined with the mysterious spirit of the dark side of Christmas. Story number 10. Once upon a time, in a small snow-covered town of Echo Valley, Christmas was a time of joy and merriment. Families adorned their homes with twinkling lights, and the scent of pine wafted through the frosty air. However, there was an old toy shop nestled at the edge of town, long forgotten and shrouded in mystery. Mr. Pennywise, the reclusive owner of the toy shop, was known for crafting exquisite toys that seemed to come to life. Children whispered that the dolls and figurines had a life of their own when no one was looking, but adults dismissed these tales as mere bedtime stories. Once the cold Christmas Eve descended and the clock struck midnight, a group of adventurous children decided to investigate the mysterious toy shop. Ripley, Pacey, and their friends crept through the snow-laden streets until they reached the creaky wooden door of Pennywise Toy Emporium. Despite the bitter chill in the air, the, the door swung open with an eerie creak that seemed an ominous yet unheeded warning to the unsuspecting children that were about to cross inside. The shop was filled with an odd, unsettling silence. Rows of lifeless dolls with glassy, dead eyes stared at the intruders as they tiptoed through the dimly lit aisles. The air was heavy with the scent of old wood and musty fabric. As Ripley and Pacey explored, they stumbled upon a hidden room at the back of the shop. Inside, they found a workshop cluttered with half-finished toys, rusty tools, and faded blueprints. It was then that they realized the truth. Mr. Pennywise wasn't just a toy maker. He was a mad inventor, crafting toys that harbored sinister secrets. Suddenly, the room came alive with a low, mechanical hum. The toys they began to stir, their joints creaking as they moved. Ripley and Pacey's hearts raced as they witnessed the maniacal toys assembling themselves with a malevolent gleam in their glass eyes. Panicking, the children tried to escape, but the door slammed shut, trapping them inside the workshop. 
The toys, now animated with a wicked intent, surrounded Ripley and Pacey. Wooden soldiers marched menacingly, while dolls with porcelain smiles giggled eerily at them. The children realized they were in grave danger as the toys closed in, their mechanical movements synchronized like a nightmarish ballet. Desperation fueled their attempts to break free, but the toys were relentless in their pursuit. As the killer collectibles surrounded Ripley and Pacey, their mechanical limbs moving with an eerie precision, the girls cried out in a desperate attempt, begging their friends to help them to escape the clutches of these murderous toys. The cries, however, fell on deaf ears as their friends, locked in the last room Ripley and Pacey had left, found themselves fighting against a wave of monstrosities and bloodthirsty toys hell-bent on capturing them. Amidst the chaos, the children stumbled upon a hidden passage, a narrow door obscured by a dusty curtain in the corner of a workshop. With adrenaline pumping, the friends hurriedly made their way through the concealed passage, narrowly avoiding the relentless toys. The hidden route led them through an elaborate network of corridors and secret tunnels beneath Pennywise Toy Emporium. The air filled with frantic screams, and the dimly lit path before them seemed to stretch on endlessly. After what felt like an eternity, the friends emerged from a hidden cave that opened to the quiet outskirts of Echo Valley. They were breathless, their faces pale with terror, as they realized they were the only ones to escape the clutches of Mr. Pennywise's malevolent creations. In the morning, the townspeople were puzzled by the disappearance of Ripley and Pacey. The surviving friends wasted no time in alerting the townspeople about the horrifying events that unfolded in the toy shop. Their voices trembled as they recounted the animated toys, the sinister workshop, and the mysterious disappearance of their friends, Ripley and Pacey. The townspeople, initially skeptical, couldn't deny the fear etched on their faces of the survivors. News spread like wildfire through Echo Valley, and the once-whispered tales of Mr. Pennywise and his mysterious toys now became more than just a chilling legend. The townspeople, gripped by a collective fear, avoided the toy shop at all costs, and the once festive town took on an error of terror during the holiday season. Ripley and Pacey's fate remained a haunting mystery, and their friends became reluctant storytellers, sharing the bone-chilling tale of that fateful Christmas Eve. The legend of the deadly toys and the missing children served as a grim reminder that some secrets are better left undisturbed, and that not every tale has a happy ending. The legend also says that if you stop by, you may find yourself peering through a dust-covered window where you'll see two dolls of two little girls whose faces are locked in an eternal scream for help. Are you like so many others, coming into abilities that you don't understand and unsure where to safely begin this journey of exploration? Well, award-winning psychic and medium Michelle Welch has the answers. Michelle Welch is the author of the award-winning book, The Magic of Connection. Stop cutting cords and learn to transform negative energy to live an empowered life. In this book, you'll learn how spirituality and intuition can help you heal your inner wounds while staying connected to the people that you love. Author Michelle Wells shows you how to work with the energies that connect all people. 
and you'll learn to transform and transmute negative energy in ways that support your personal spiritual journey and help you reach a more powerful and meaningful life. In her newest book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more, Michelle teaches you how to identify and deal with the spiritual energy around you every day. Each chapter features a specific kind of spirit and teaches you how to sense its presence, identify and connect with it, and set the boundaries you may need, all while demystifying the process and making it easy and accessible to everyone from the beginner to the expert. You'll learn how to understand elementals, connect with an ascended master, protect against psychic attacks, astral travel, and more. Providing meditations, visualizations, and inspiring stories, this book helps boost your intuition and spiritual experience. Unleash the real you. Get the books, The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords and Learn to Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life, and Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. Buy them now wherever you purchase your books or by using the link on today's program guide. Life is confusing enough. Why not make it easier with award-winning help from Michelle Welch? Hello, my little holiday friends all around the world. Thank you for joining me. And if you're listening to these tales while driving your car the next day or someday in the future, thank you for being here and being part of the show with us as well. We are down to just the last few stories, but I do have one bonus story we'll add at the very end. If you're good, and remember, I'm paying attention and I'm checking my list and I'm checking it twice and I'm watching who's being naughty and nice. Let's begin with our next tale. Story number 11. Once upon a snowy Christmas in the quiet town of Hope, a wicked force known as the Frost Phantoms plotted to turn the joyous occasion into a reign of terror. And little did the townsfolk or the Frost Phantoms know the seemingly ordinary toys nestled under the town's Christmas tree? Well, they also held a secret. As the clock struck midnight, a sinister energy enveloped the room of a young boy named Declan. In an instant, the toys that lay below his tree slowly came to life. Captain Action, the fearless action figure, Randolph, the wise old teddy bear, Turbo, the speedy toy car, and Puzzler, the clever puzzle, and Dolly, the lifelike doll. The toys gathered together in hushed whispers, discovering their newfound abilities and wondering about the reason behind their mystical awakening. These toys had been brought to life by a mysterious force drawn from the shadows and magic of the night. They were to become the Toy Brigade, tasked with the job of protecting the family from supernatural threats whenever darkness loomed. Santa, burdened by the weight of delivering gifts to children around the world, had enchanted these toys to be guardians of the Christmas spirit with the ability to come to life and protect all in times of need. Christmas morning was soon to arrive and families across Hope were about to wake with a sense of excitement. Unaware of the ghostly threat that crept silently into their homes, the frost phantoms with their bone-chilling touch began to materialize to sow fear and despair. In Declan's house, Captain Action assumed command, leading the toy brigade through tactical maneuvers through the hall. Turbo created diversionary tactics to try and confuse the phantoms, while Puzzler set up traps with his puzzle pieces. 
Randolph Bear cried out a warning to whoever and whatever supernatural forces were in earshot. Fear us, or the honor of the enchanted toys shall protect the children of hope. And Dolly's sing-song voice echoed through the rooms. You've awakened the guardians of the night. Now, nothing can save you. The toy brigade, fueled by the force that animated them and was bestowed upon them by Santa himself, felt a surge of strength as they confronted the frost phantoms in a spectral showdown. Shadows intertwined in a battle for life itself. Eerie whispers and terrifying cries filled the air, and Declan woke to the witness the spine-chilling spectacle. He trembled with a mix of fear and fascination at the bravery of his toy defenders and the magic of Christmas itself. In the end, the Toy Brigade's resilience and the mythical enchantment from Santa proved victorious, but not without casualties. For as the Frost Phantoms were defeated, dispirited and dissolved into the shadows, a torn and tattered Randolph Bear lay in pieces, strewn across the room. Dolly's face bore the jagged scars from the icy talons of the Frost Phantoms, and Turbo raced to put Puzzler back together. The Town of Hope had been saved thanks to the courage of the Toy Brigade and the magic of Christmas. As the morning sun bathed the town of hope in a warm glow, the toys returned to their inanimate state. The families awoke to find their homes filled with an unusual silence as the remnants of heroic toys showing the battle scars of victory from a war that many had slept through, a war waged by their toy companions. As their battle battered little bodies dotted the landscapes of their homes. And so the legend of the Toy Brigade became like a whispered tale, bringing comfort to all that even in the face of darkness, the spirits that protect us can be as powerful as the threats that they face. Story number 12. It was a wintry December night in the town of Nevermore. The townsfolk moved hurriedly through their town, making holiday preparations, decorating their homes with sparkly lights and decking their halls with boughs of holly. However, at the edge of town, there stood an ancient cemetery with a mysterious reputation. Legend had it that on the eve of the winter solstice, the spirits of the deceased would rise from their graves and return to the world of the living to celebrate the joyous occasion. The townspeople spoke in superstitious and hushed tones of the legends of faint carols echoing through the frosty air and glimpses of ethereal figures dancing under a moonlit sky. But no one knew for sure, as they were all too afraid to venture out and find out for themselves. Among the villagers was a curious young woman named Tressa, who curiously enough celebrated her birthday on the winter solstice. Despite the warnings and eerie tales, she couldn't resist the temptation to witness a potential supernatural event for herself. As the clock struck midnight, she sneaked into the cemetery, shivering from the cold and the thrill of the unknown. To her surprise, the graveyard came alive with soft spectral glows and orbs of dancing light. The air was filled with the sweet melody of carols sung by voices that seemed to transcend the realms of the living and the dead. Tressa cautiously moved among the tombstones, witnessing ghostly couples twirling in a spectral waltz and families reuniting in joyous embrace. In the center of the cemetery, beneath an ancient oak tree adorned with spectral lights, she spotted a group of spirits 
gathered around a festive table laden with otherworldly treats and delicious warming soups. The atmosphere was filled with laughter and warmth as the ethereal guests toasted to the beauty of life and the magic of the season of Christmas time. Tressa, feeling a mix of awe and wonder, found herself welcomed by the spirits of the dead. They shared stories of their past Christmases, speaking of the joy and love that transcended the boundaries of life and death. It was a celebration of memories, a spectral reunion with loved ones and new ghostly friends alike. As the first light of dawn approached, the spirits slowly began to fade back into their resting places, each bidding a fond farewell to each other and to their living guest. Tressa, touched by the otherworldly experience, left the cemetery with a newfound appreciation for the magic of experience that she had just witnessed and the enduring bonds that connect the living and the departed. From that night forward, Tressa of Nevermore embraced the legend of the haunted cemetery, understanding that even in death, the spirit of the winter could bring together the realms of the living and the dead for a magical celebration that transcended even the boundaries of time and space. Here we are. Story number 13, friends. We're getting so close to the end, but as all good things do, they do end, but only after a few more tales, a few more moments stolen together, as we begin with story number 13. In the heart of the desolate North Pole, where the frigid winds whispered tales of ancient sorrows, Santa Claus prepared for his yearly voyage to spread joy and gifts. Unbeknownst to him, a malevolent force lingered in the shadows, awaiting the night when the spirit talking board and artifact long forgotten would awaken with chilling prophecies. The workshop, adorned with festive decorations, held a secret, a hidden chamber beneath the floorboards where the ancient spirit talking board laid shrouded in darkness. The elves, who spoke of it in hushed tones, warned of its ominous past, a creation meant to commune with benevolent spirits, but corrupted by the disgraced gods seeking revenge against the world that cast them into exile. On the eve of Christmas, as the clock struck midnight, Santa, drawn by an unexplainable force, discovered the concealed chamber. The air grew icy and the room was bathed in an otherworldly glow as he uncovered the spirit talking board, untouched for centuries. As Santa's fingers brushed the planchette, the workshop plunged into an unsettling silence. The spirit talking board quivered, the planchette moving with a will of its own. An otherworldly force spelled out ominous messages of doom and despair on Christmas Eve, warning of the disgraced god's malevolent plot to turn the festive night into a nightmare. Santa, his rosy cheeks drained of color, read the haunting words that seemed etched with bitterness of forgotten deities seeking vengeance. Doubts gnawed at Santa's core as the spirit talking board revealed the names of the ancient gods banished for their wicked deeds. The messages, more sinister with each passing moment, spoke of dark rituals, enchanted obstacles, and shadowy creatures conspiring to halt Santa's sleigh and plunge the world into a malevolent abyss. Haunted by the spectral whispers, Santa sought counsel from the elders of the North Pole. Reluctantly, the elders admitted the spirit talking board's tainted history, the disgraced gods, and infiltrated the mystical network, twisting the benevolent tool into a conduit for evil. 
Undeterred by the ominous warnings, Santa decided to turn the spirit-talking board to his advantage. He gathered his elves, invoking an ancient ritual to summon the spirit of Christmas itself. The workshop flickered with spectral light as the benevolent spirit communicated a powerful incantation, a desperate attempt to fortify the magic protecting Santa's sleigh. Yet the disgraced gods fought back. The spirit talking board trembled violently as the dark energy clashed with the benevolent forces. The messages grew more menacing, foretelling specific challenges Santa would face on his harrowing journey. The treacherous weather, spectral creatures, and enchanted obstacles became a nightmarish tapestry painted by the ancient force. Undeterred, Santa, guided by the eerie messages of the spirit talking board, pressed on determined to preserve the joy and wonder of Christmas. The sleigh, now enveloped in an ethereal aura, soared through the starlit sky, battling the supernatural challenges foreseen by the ancient artifact. Each obstacle overcome was a triumph over the disgraced gods, but the ominous messages continued, a haunting reminder that the malevolent force still lingered there, deep in the shadows. As the first light of Christmas morning painted the horizon, Santa returned to the North Pole, the spirit talking board now silent. The elves, their faces etched with weariness, carefully locked away the ancient artifact, a relic of a now chilling yet triumphant chapter in the history of Christmas magic. The tale of Santa's harrowing encounter with the disgraced gods and the ominous spirit talking board became a cautionary legend. Elves gathered around the fire, speaking in hushed tones, passing down the story of that fateful Christmas Eve. A reminder that even in the darkest of times, the light of Christmas could conquer all. And as the North Pole slumbered, the echoes of these malevolent whispers and triumphant sleigh bells lingered, creating an eerie symphony that transcended the boundaries between the magical and the macabre. Can you believe it, kids? We did it. We're here. We're near the end. This is exciting. One last story. And I think I would be remiss if I didn't um, at least mention my intrepid news crew. So I wanted to make sure that everybody got a little say in this. Uh, you might have recognized Tressa in one of the last stories. Her birthday was December 21st. So I thought we'd weave a cool little tale about that solstice time, her birthday, and the paranormal. So Merry Christmas, sweet tea. We hope you enjoyed that story. But let us end on this and a very special message that I have that I crafted for everyone out there. So let us go to our final story of the night. In the faraway town of Medina, Illinois, a chilling silence hung in the air. The streets, usually bustling with festive cheer, now echoed with an eerie stillness that sent shivers down the spines of the few remaining residents. Unbeknownst to the townspeople, a supernatural force had taken hold of Medina. Ghostly figures roamed the streets, their translucent forms flickering in the pale moonlight. Whispers of forgotten carols and distant jingles lingered in the air, creating an unsettling symphony that permeated every corner of this once jolly town. News of the paranormal infestation reached the ears of the renowned Paranormal 60 News crew, led by Telly Award-winning international TV sensation and fearless leader Dave Schrader. Dave gathered his team based on their strengths. The hashtag, been there, done that, Chachi, the intuitive sweet tea, the always logical and rational colonel, and the tech-savvy Greg. 
The crew arrived in Medina armed with their arsenal of ghost-detecting gadgets and cameras. The town square, usually adorned with dazzling Christmas lights, was now a haunting spectacle as apparitions darted among the deserted decorations, attempting to spread fear. As the Paranormal 60 team delved into the investigation, they discovered the chilling history of Medina. Decades ago, a tragic event had unfolded during a Christmas celebration, leaving lingering spirits trapped in between the realms of the living and the dead in the old Lake Park Asylum, built directly in the center of town. The wind howled through the empty streets, carrying with its bone-chilling whispers of the tormented spirits that still lingered. Shadows clung to the walls, coalescing into grotesque figures that leered at the intruders. Unearthly moans echoed through the abandoned building, and the air grew colder with each and every step. An icy breath that hinted at the wrath of the supernatural forces that lurked. The team encountered increasingly malevolent entities as they entered the derelict asylum. Sweet Tea's empathetic abilities became a double-edged sword as she felt the agony of the spirits, her eyes reflecting the terror etched on their ghostly faces, but never once faltered trying to help the ghosts that surrounded her. In a dramatic confrontation, the, the team channeled their collective energy, using ancient rituals and modern technology to try and break the curse that bound the spirits to Medina and the old asylum. But the ghosts were not willing to let go of this town that held them captive. As the clock struck midnight, a spectral chorus of mournful cries filled the air. Shadows twisted and contorted, merging into a colossal, menacing figure that loomed over Medina and filled the halls of Lake Park Asylum. Undeterred, the Paranormal 60 News crew stood their ground, their courage unwavering. The air crackled with powerful energies as the Paranormal 60 News crew fought against the unrelenting entities. Dave's authoritative and powerful voice never wavered as he invoked ancient incantations attempting to unbind the entities and free their tortured souls. Chachi and the colonel struggled to hold their ground, their protective barrier strained by the supernatural onslaught as Sweet Tea fought back hard, deflecting the pain the spirits felt, and all while Greg, using his inventions to try to siphon off the growing energy flux that threatened them all. Just as it seemed, the Paranormal 60 news crew might succumb to the overwhelming horrible force. A final surge of collective willpower from the team overcame the darkness. The team rallied, channeling their fear into determination, and with one final desperate display of power, the news crew shattered the entity's grip on the little town of Medina, Illinois. The asylum trembled as the malevolent force dissipated and the tortured souls ascended, leaving behind a trail of ghostly whispers. The Paranormal 60 news crew battered and drained emerged from the asylum victorious, but forever changed by the harrowing encounter with the supernatural. As they looked back at the town now freed from the spectral shackles, Dave uttered words that echoed in the cold air. This wasn't just a ghostly legend. This was a battle against the darkest forces that exist beyond the veil. Medina will never be the same, and neither will we. Hopefully, the darkness will be just a little lighter with the work that we have done here. And so, as the holidays approached the sleepy little community of Medina, the townspeople awoke to a transformed town, its streets no longer haunted by the ghosts of its past. The lights in the town square twinkled and renewed with vigor, casting a warm glow on the freshly fallen snow. And with that, the Paranormal 60 News crew took their leave. 
bruised and battered, but ready for their next otherworldly adventure, leaving Medina to bask in the newfound peace that only new beginnings could truly bring. While they drove out of town, Sweet Tea turned to Dave and asked, Those were some ancient incantations you were saying, dude. Are you sure you said them the right way? Dave simply shrugged and said, Eh, who really knows? Words is hard. And somewhere, deep beneath the town of Medina, a deep, dark laugh erupted, and a voice hissed, (laughs) See you again next year. Huh? The Paranormal 60 News crew triumphant. Thanks to your old pal, Dave. What is a show without at least one gratuitous acknowledgement of my amazingness? Huh? Huh? Words is hard. But I hope that the next words can bring a little bit of peace to everybody. This was a um, a little uh, prayer that I created and I wanted to share with all of you. And I hope that in the spirit of this day, no matter what religion or belief system you're a part of, you'll take this in the spirit in which it's meant. A Christmas prayer from Santa and Dave to all of you everywhere. To all who are sick and facing some strife, we pray to the Lord to restore health to their life. To those who are broken and feel it's the end, we pray that unto them you deliver a friend. To those that have lost and are mourning a love, please send their heart healing from heaven above. To all of the others who live on the earth, We pray them all happiness, laughter, and mirth. And to all who did hear this all the way through, we both send this prayer, especially to you. With that, Dave and Santa shared a friendly goodbye, and off with his reindeer, Santa did fly. The two men both prayed for all of you here, a prayer that your season is filled with good cheer. And that's it. That is the end of tonight's program. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed presenting it to you, reading all of those stories with as minimal problems as I possibly could. And I hope that you will be back with us this Wednesday when anything could happen with the Paranormal 60 News crew. Thank you all for making me part of your journey for yet another year. And thank you so much for the love and joy and the cards you've sent the messages you've sent, the the private uh, direct messages, the, the postings on social media, your love fills my heart and soul. So thank you from the very bottom of my heart and soul. And until we meet again, my friends, I am Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. Mm-hmm.